0: Christians throughout the world, this weekend, this night, this moment, defines who we are. And with all deference to the Masters Golf Tournament, this is a weekend like no other. On Thursday, we were drawn into a discipleship of humble service, marked by the watching of each other's feet. Yesterday, we shared in Jesus' sacrifice and death on the cross, and now after a day of grieving, waiting, and hoping, we're gathered this night to celebrate the good news that the Jesus who was dead has been raised and is alive. Indeed, these days are special, filled with God's saving grace offered freely to each of us through his Son, Jesus Christ, No doubt for those who were close to Jesus, the experience of these days was all-consuming as they hid and cowered, attempting to avoid the same deadly fate. Apart from eating and talking among themselves, Scripture tells us they apparently did little else, and most certainly, they didn't venture out for fear of their own lives. Much has changed since that first holy weekend more than 2,000 years ago. We know the story, and we know how it ends. As the church, we try to be faithful and walk in real time with Jesus on his journey to the cross. We organize special services to mark Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and this evening's triumphant celebration of his resurrection. Flowers are gathered, eggs are dyed and hidden, and chocolate is eagerly anticipated. And we try ever so hard to keep the events of this monumental weekend at the forefront of our lives and our prayers. But truth be told, our experience is in so many ways profoundly different than those first disciples'. I doubt any of us spent the last several days hiding. Most of us weren't paralyzed by grief. And most of us didn't wake up this morning totally confused, wondering what more could possibly go wrong in our lives. While we observed a certain sense of holiness in these past days, and even attended special worship services, Most of us, you and me, went about our daily lives pretty much as usual. We shopped, we cleaned, we worked out. So how then, truly, how then do we capture the glory of resurrection? The joy of Easter in the midst of the lives we live, pretty much as normal. This question weighed heavily on my mind throughout this week as I tried to prepare a sermon. You see, like many of you, I shopped. I cleaned my condo. And I even managed to take a challenging bike ride. In fact, it was on the ride through Forest Park that the juxtaposition of our daily routine and the full-throated hallelujah of Christ raised from the dead came into clear focus. But what caught my attention, what caught my attention as I rode through Forest Park were not the other cyclists, but rather the runners along the same path and particularly the looks on their faces jaws were bouncing up and down eyes were focused like lasers and the look was both intense and filled with lots of pain <laughs> seriously folks whether it attract me Or the upcoming Boston Marathon, or simply watching the joggers in your own neighborhood, have you ever seen a runner smiling? Maybe at the end of a hotly contested race. Maybe as they collapse at the finish line, or maybe as the endorphins give them an incredible high. But during the race, not so much. But listen to tonight's gospel. How very different the expressions of the two Marys must have been that first Easter morning as they ran at breakneck speed to tell the disciples what they had just felt, what they had seen, what they had heard. Minutes before, literally minutes before, they were mournful, pained by grief as they walked to see for themselves where Jesus was their beloved Jesus had been buried. But no sooner than they had arrived, the earth shook, and it shook violently. An angel descended from heaven and rolled the stone away from the opening of the tomb. No doubt stunned and probably afraid, the angel reassured them, letting the Marys know he understood why they had come and what they expected to see. But then, and only then truly, in the most magnificent words of all scripture, the angels informed them, Jesus is not here. He has been raised from the dead, just as he said he would the angel even invited them to look into the tomb to confirm for themselves the resurrection that he had promised. We can only imagine the look on the faces of Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. But even as they were trying to absorb the moment, the angel instructed them to go quickly and tell the disciples what had happened. And then, interestingly enough, the angel shared Jesus' command that the disciples should come out of hiding and go meet him in Galilee. I have this vision of the Marys flying down the hill, much like I did as a kid and perhaps you did as well, increasing our speed with each step, increasingly yelling and screaming, screaming increasingly out of control, and finally tumbling over ourselves as we roll the last few yards and come to a stop. Sheer joy. Sheer excitement. Sheer amazement. You know, we kids would then just get up, dust ourselves off, shake off the grass, and break out laughing. Somehow I think this common experience of your childhood and mine was not unlike that of the Marys following their conversation with the angel. Running with abandon. Running with irrepressible joy. But there was a big difference. A really, really big difference. Their run didn't end with a stumble a crash, or a laugh. No, they came face to face with Jesus. Greetings, he said to them. Well now, if we thought the Marys had been shaken by the appearance of the angel and the empty tomb, can you comprehend what this moment must have been like? Greetings, ladies. But Jesus comforted them and then, echoing the angels, instructed the Marys to tell the disciples to meet him in Galilee. There's much going on in this brief account in Matthew. There's a lot of movement, there's an earthquake. A huge boulder is moved by the heavenly hosts. And we have two Marys running, and of course Jesus is raised from the dead. Movement. Action. Both are key to at least one dimension of our understanding of what happened on that morning. And what it means for you and me this evening. And the culmination of that movement is Jesus' instruction. Go to Galilee. Galilee? Why Galilee? Wouldn't it have been better if Jesus had gone back to Jerusalem to show the Pharisees, the scribes, the chief priests, all the skeptics, the proof that he had been raised from the dead? Or, how about going to the disciples' hiding place to try and protect them? Or, why not to the home of his grief stricken parents to reassure them that everything was going to be okay? All of these options seem logical and would have been quite understandable. After all, he had beaten the Roman emperor and the leaders of the temple at their own game. He was certainly a devoted friend to those who followed him. And he was a faithful child of Mary and Joseph. But instead of doing what might be expected, he summoned everyone, everyone, to join him, not in Jerusalem, not in Bethlehem, not in Nazareth, but in Galilee. And as such, that summons to be in Galilee is so profound, I think it deserves our particular attention tonight. Galilee, that part of Israel north and east of Jerusalem, was the place where Jesus had earlier promised to gather his sheep but perhaps more to the point tonight. It's where Jesus' earthly ministry had been lived and experienced. It's where he called its disciples. It's where he taught and healed. And it's where he preached and worked miracles. Indeed, Galilee was where the action had been, and this evening, it seems that's just where we're going again. Jesus still has work to do. And so do his disciples. This Easter Eve, we rightly sing our Alleluia's, announcing to the world that Jesus Christ, who was dead, lives. Like the soldiers at the tomb, we awestruck by the power of this experience. And like the Marys, we overcome by the joy of his presence. But Jesus also reminds us not to hang out too long at the empty tomb. There's much more work to be done in our own Galilee, in our own community. People to feed, people to shelter, people to comfort, children to protect from violence, children to save from guns children to nurture and worship worry. And perhaps tonight, most importantly, souls to be invited to share in the good news that the Jesus who was dead not only was raised, but is here and will be shared at that table. So rejoice tonight, my dear friends. Celebrate, enjoy the chocolate. But then let's put on our sandals, get out of these walls, walk through those doors. Dear faithful friends, we've got work to do. Hallelujah! Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah.